Is there a desire in you to not just attend revival, but live in revival? Welcome to the Revival Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Saldivar. I've been in revival for the last 10 years, as well as traveling and being a part of many revivals throughout the United States. I'm going to be sharing with you how to live a radical lifestyle of revival on a daily basis. My guest, Alexander Pagani. Alexander, how you doing tonight? Feel sorry for the devil today i feel sorry for the devil (laughs) listen i am motivated i am amped up and i am excited and here's what i want those of you that are watching to do to go a step further don't just share the broadcast tag people in the comments in the comments tag their name especially those of you that know people that need to get delivered that need to get set free or those other believers that you've been having conversation with them about next level revelation i'm here to tell you that you're not crazy god is taking some of you to the next level and god is calling many of you to this sacred ministry of deliverance so welcome welcome to becoming a demon slayer but i'm excited to be here and i'm really humbled and honored that last week's broadcast i have been receiving nothing but great great feedback and not only this let me just give a public testimony about 20 percent of the increase of the membership of our church has been because of the deliverance map as crazy as that sound we are seeing an influx of many people coming to the church because of the deliverance map so i want to encourage everyone everyone that you know that if you know somebody that needs deliverance make sure that you point them to isaiah salavar's website to the deliverance map so they could be delivered and set free as a matter of fact one of them you knew i was telling you about him he actually had been visiting the church and he last week told me that he has made the decision to stay with our church and a couple of others and if i could be very honest with you at least a good 10 percent, maybe even 20 percent. every week people are either attending the services at our church because of the deliverance map or they have already been attending and they have joined as a matter of fact one person one married couple joined the church and they already kind of jumped in a little bit on the worship team so they're already kind of getting involved in the church services so listen you guys need to continue to support what isaiah is doing what god is doing here on the website especially specifically in the ministry of deliverance. And it makes my heart glad that I and others before me, that we could have been forerunners, forerunners to this next generation that's going to take deliverance uh, to the next level. And I say this, and I say this with great humility. I have slayed my thousands, but Isaiah Saldivar will slay his tens of thousands. Come Come on, on, y'all. I love it. No competition here. I am cheering. I am excited. And not only that, we both will be excited to see you that have been followers of both ministries get activated and excited. Oh, and another thing, last Sunday we had someone fly in all the way from Sacramento, California, just so that we can anoint them um, to the ministry of deliverance. And they came through through you guys, through the deliverance map. So this thing is working. I'm excited. I'm excited about tonight. Let's do it. I'm telling you, this army, listen, guys, I know people are trying to shut down what God is doing, specifically religious people when it comes to deliverance. But what Mm. I've been feeling, Alexander, is that the army that God is raising up, and this is a prophetic word for some of you, is unstoppable. That we have too much momentum against Satan's kingdom, and we have the word of God, the power of God, the spirit of God, the authority of Almighty God, the authority Christ has given every believer to overcome Satan's strategies, that this thing is just 
just going to keep spreading like wildfire throughout the U.S. And I just want to prophesy. I know there's pastors here in the chat that are watching that are new and they're kind of, you know, they're kind of worming in here, hiding in the back, just dipping their right. toes to try to see where everything's tell, going. Tell them my but story. Tell I, I, I want to tell you guys place. that God is calling you to the front line. Those of you that are insecure about it or don't know, I think it's crazy that many of us have said, and if you said this, there needs to be repentance tonight, but we've said deliverance is not for today or deliverance is for the select few or many are not called to deliverance only a small amount i hear this on a daily basis people say my pastor said it you shouldn't do it which alexander we're gonna get into in a minute you are one of those pastors but my pastor said i shouldn't be that involved or it's not a big deal or it's not a main ministry it's a side ministry or jesus didn't deal with it that much but i want to tell you guys we have to look to god's word regarding deliverance jesus sent them out and i, I was thinking about this today alexander and he said freely i've been given freely right. go give and so you've been given freely the power over the devil you've been given freely the power over satan's kingdom you've been given freely the authority to bind and to loose and to command demons to leave and jesus says i've been given it freely i've given it to you freely and so here's your obligation here's your responsibility is to give it out to other people if you've been given the power to cast out demons to heal the sick to raise the dead to cleanse the lepers who do we think we are? And I'm talking to pastors. Listen, I know there's friends of mine in the chat. Who do we think we are as pastors and as leaders in the body of Christ to change the word of God and to say that this is not for everyone, that we shouldn't all be going out and giving out what's been given to us freely. And so many people we know right now are in the chat have suffered for years and don't even realize that they need deliverance or don't even realize that there's something demonic there and because i think we've been so bad at deciphering the difference between what is the flesh and what is a demon and, and we're going to talk about your story of how you didn't believe you're going home preaching you know it's not all about spiritual warfare and i know a lot of pastors and i know a lot of you this is hitting very close to home to you because you go to a church that's like this where every time you go to them saying i'm having demonic encounters i'm having dominating thoughts i'm having demonic desires i'm hearing voices we always just write it off and say oh don't worry that's just your flesh that's just your flesh and the problem Come is on. you cannot crucify a demon you have to drive it out you know i was on the phone last week with bob larson the guy's done fifty thousand deliverances he said isaiah not a day goes by which he does deliverance day and night he said not a day goes by where i don't encounter a new demon he said and one thing i'll say about deliverance is demons must be driven out they're not going to come out by the things we do to crucify the flesh like prayer like fasting like holiness these are ways you crucify the flesh these are not ways you drive out demons demons must be driven out they must be commanded to leave and so listen people in the chat right now you've been battling for years and people have, have had to try to crucify what god wants to drive out and another way you can't drive out the flesh it must be crucified but i think a lot of people the source of their addictions and their issues and their trials are demonic in nature so we do need to talk about these things we do need to discuss fallen angels and nephilim and strongholds and generational curses and different types of bondage and the fact that we're spiritual houses and the fact that the devil realms roams in the realm of the soul these are important issues because these are the issues people are dealing with so we can't write you off and say oh well it's just normal and there's a lot of pastors that need deliverance right now like i said i was listening to alexander today a very well-known pastor say oh you know brother i'm just ain't telling his audience 
all the battles he deals with. And I'm talking demonic stuff. I'm not just talking about, oh, it's no big deal. I'm talking like OCD, anxiety attacks, panic, intense depression. I'm talking stuff that you know, this is demonic. And he goes, but you know what? I know God just wants me to battle this. And you know, everybody just has that thorn. And I'm going, how are you taking this? You know, this desire to just, you could be free and you've taken scriptures out of context and you've made a doctrine saying, God wants you to be in bondage to Satan. When the Bible what, makes what, it what, clear, what? go ahead, go ahead. Not to not, not to interrupt you, but let's go back to what that that thorn thing. The thing about when when people think when they say, you know, God has allowed this, uh, and this is my, the thorn in my flesh. If you really read the text without the filter of modern evangelicalism, Paul identified what the thorn in the flesh was. He said it's a messenger of Satan, mm. not his blindness. Blindness is not a messenger. Blindness is a message. But he said, a messenger of Satan came to buffet me. A messenger. The word messenger there is angelos, which means an angel or mm. an angel of Satan or a demon. So when I hear preachers uh, say that, you know, God has allowed, you know, this thorn in my flesh and they assume that this thorn in their flesh is some sort of trial and tribulation. No, they are misguided, misinformed, and they are in error, a error of the scriptures. The scripture is telling you that the thorn in the flesh is the messenger of Satan sent to buffet him, and he identifies it as a demon. So mm. I think we could start there, that I think we need to reread what we have been reading, Isaiah. We need to reread what we've been reading. And come to the place, you know, when I listen to you, we have to get to a place where we realize as pastors, leaders, and believers, we don't know it all. And the thing is, if you know it all, then why are you here tonight? You know, I wanna learn, I wanna go from glory to glory to glory. And if we shut ourselves off from the message specifically of deliverance, of the angelic, of demonic spirits, of fallen angels, and we shut ourselves off of this, we lose the ability to get delivered. We lose the ability. I've said this, Alexander, I've heard you say this before. I'm like, look, y'all, if I need to get delivered, I'm right at any moment, any time, if a demon comes in, I know deliverance is not a one-time thing. It's a process. When you open a door, a demon can come, and that can come through many other things, not always. And demons, a lot of times, don't come through intentional sin, but they come through trauma. They come through abuse. They come through many, a lot of different ways. And so I think there's a lot of people that need to recognize, I heard TJ did on his broadcast, by the way, I don't know if he's in here, but I was listening to him today. He was talking about how one third of all the sickness Jesus dealt with was demonic. And so Jesus is dealing over and over with the root of the issue. And so one right. of the worst things we can tell someone, then I want you to share, Alexander, about how you were preaching against deliverance and how God opened up your eyes. But I think one of the most damaging things, and I'm gonna explain this here because all you guys are gonna start manifesting that we can tell somebody as <laughs> leaders, as pastors, as believers, is you're fine, you don't need deliverance. Because what happens is they're gonna, you're gonna end up living your life thinking it's just the flesh and battling with something that God wants to set you free from. Now, what if we tell people they don't need deliverance and they do, the worst thing, or we they need deliverance and they don't actually need deliverance, the worst thing is they just go get prayer and they get prayer, nothing's right. there. So there's, right. what's more damaging, telling somebody you don't need to get delivered and so you battle your whole life, something that God can set you free from. And you know this better than I do, Alexander, a lot of the people we deal with, 
are in their 50s, 60s, in their late 40s, and they say, I dealt with this my entire life. How did I not know? How did I not realize? And that's because usually you have people in your life that are ill-informed. And let me just smack some of you right now and say this. Why are you listening to leaders and preachers (laughs) and ministers that have never drove out a devil in their life, and you're taking deliverance advice from people that have no fruit or no experience when we need to be listening to voices that have experience. Now, I'll just say this, and then I'm going to turn it over here. I know there's people that we listen to that do tons of deliverances that we might not agree on every single little way of whether how long they do deliverance or how they talk to it or all that stuff. But you know what? The bottom line is they're casting demons out. They're getting demons out. And Jesus said, listen, they might not be doing it the way we're doing it, disciples, but don't stop people that are driving out demons because no, the devil can't cast out the devil. So listen, if you're in a church (laughs) where there's a couple this or a couple that and there's demons cast out, one of the things that you're never going to see in a fall doctrine church is deliverance i've been in a lot of them i've talked to a lot of people but when you start talking about deliverance there is something about deliverance where it separates the wheat from the tares the goat from the sheep and i'm telling you guys god is doing something right now god is moving in our generation i feel i just feel this is just i know i'm just going here prophetically but god is waking up some of you pastors and believers that think that this is not your mandate or this is not your calling alexander i know you were because you posted something so intriguing about this you for years were preaching against deliverance, against spiritual warfare, which is so fitting because you're one of the main voices in America or the world, really, that speaks now on deliverance and on spiritual warfare. So talk to us a little bit about how you were going out really preaching against and persecuting deliverance ministry. People have no idea about where God brought me from. But let me tell you something, for the first maybe eight to nine, maybe even the first decade, you know, I've been serving in the pastorate going on 18 years as lead pastor of a church. And I'm I'm a denominational baby, which means that's where I come from. I got saved and I joined the denomination and then I got trained up, reared up in a denomination. Um, I was given an established church in a denomination. And then I birthed my own church or the church that the Lord had placed in my heart, which I'm pastoring now, um, at, in the beginning in a denomination. And let me tell you something, for the first at least decade or so, I preached against deliverance. You know, wow. that's why I, I have to laugh because God has, sometimes God has a sense of humor. I am literally a Saul of Tarsus. I used to say that these deliverance ministers are in error, sensational, and borderline fanatical, that this is nothing but doctrinal idolatry, uh, that anyone preaching that a Christian can have a demon um, is looking uh, for some sort of sensational way of attracting followers uh, to their ministry. And I would do Bible studies. I'm not even exaggerating. I would do Bible studies at my church preaching against deliverance. But Then my congregation exploded. Um, And when I began pastoring, uh, this is how long I've been pastoring. When I started pastoring, there was no internet. There was none of that, right? And then the internet came. And then out of nowhere, we found uh, an enormous amount of believers getting enslaved to all types of sin because now, now sin wasn't something you had to go get. Sin was coming to you on your phone. So I watched the the morale of my congregation go down, 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 down. And as of any good pastor, I began to fast and pray with no breakthrough. So I would cry out to God saying, God, what am I doing wrong? I am doctrinally sound. You know, I live a holy life. What am I doing wrong? We would have great 
revival services on Sunday and Bible study. But by the time I get home, some of my leaders were punching walls. Um, I had to go bail somebody out of jail. And I was like, you were just at church preaching. Like, what the heck is going on here? And I begin to say, God, what is going on in my congregation? And I and, and I had a packed house and we were the star. We were the star church in my denomination. You know, they were using my church as the prototype and the template for the next generation of of new generation pastors that were, you know, that knew how to uh, flow with this modern generation that was that, that that had shifted. You know, we this was back in the MySpace days. That, that that's a long time ago, you know. And then it, it, it wasn't until I, I literally got serious with God that I said, Lord, what do I need to do? What do I need to do? And that's where you need to be, Pastor, at a place of desperation. Let me tell you something. You can read every book on deliverance. That's great. You can go to every conference on deliverance. You need to. But let me tell you something. There's nothing like good old being desperate to find out what is wrong or, God, you got to do something in my congregation. Desperation causes rigid theology to become flexible. Man, I'm talking good right there. I became the, I became desperate to just find out. Lord, what am I doing wrong? And the Holy Spirit told me, your people are converted, but they're not delivered. I need you to revisit deliverance. Because I had, when I first got saved, um, I was experimenting with deliverance. God was already preparing me for that. But as soon as I join a mainline, mainstream denomination, and God is in denominations. I'm not anti-denominations. God uses it. For some reason, my Bible school convinced me otherwise and and the biggest hindrance that i had as a pastor was proper exegesis without realizing that i had improper exegesis because how can you say that you are a bona fide christian without and just hold on to the tenets of salvation when there is a two other components healing and deliverance is salvation, healing, and deliverance. But in my mind, deliverance happened when you accepted Christ as Savior. I'm here to tell you that deliverance doesn't end at the cross. It begins at the cross, which means every day Jesus said, Lord, when you pray, Lord, deliver me from evil. Deliver me. Now, this deliverance is not temptation because the verse before it says, lead me not into temptation. That is separate. But deliver me from evil. And this is where the average evangelical, at least what I was doing, was I was so focused on the temptation part. So when my members would come up to me saying, Pastor, I think I'm dealing with a demon. You know what I would tell them? Man, it's not the devil, is you. It's not the devil, is you. Right? Like there's a famous phrase, and I don't know who the author is, but it says, the devil's number one uh, trick is to make the world believe that he doesn't exist. But watch this. The devil's number two trick is to make the church believe that we blame the devil too much, so we never blame him. And I made that up. I made that up because in all my years of pastoring, until I embraced the revelation of the apostolic and the prophetic and the fivefold, and I got delivered from that religious, legalistic, traditional, uh, erroneous spirit that was on me, uh, where I was just a hireling and not really pastoring my people. Let me tell you something about this pastor. Look, look, look at this. And this is no shade on you because I'm a pastor. I'm speaking as a pastor. John chapter 10 says this. The hireling sees the wolf coming 
and he runs. Why? Because he's a hireling. I am speaking under the severity of the Holy Spirit as an apostle to deliverance and an apostle to the kingdom that every pastor that sees the devil coming and runs, you are not a pastor, you are a hireling. Because the Bible says the hireling runs. And that's what I was doing. I was always saying, it's not the devil, it's you. Oh, there comes sister so-and-so always talking about the devil. I was always trying to find a way to run, to run, or that I was saying that it was a principle. I'm here to tell you that sometimes it's not a principle, it's a presence. It's a malevolent entity that is there. And unless you confront it, then you are not a real pastor. Because a real pastor, according to the text, John chapter 10, it's explaining about Christ, but it's also in reference to God's people who are called to the pastor. A real pastor gives their life for the sheep, which means they will fight the wolf. They will go at it to make sure that they snatch it out. And here's what I hear God saying, that some of you pastors that are listening to me, God is inspiring you. He is empowering you. And today God is saying, you've been asking me for confirmation. And God said that confirmation is today. You need to begin to embrace deliverance. God is saying that you need, this is for your church. God is saying this is for your ministry. God says, after you finish this teaching series, spend the next teaching series for the rest of the year at your church, teaching on spiritual warfare and the demonic. And don't let the congregation Jezebel you to say all oh, this spiritual warfare stuff. Let them go. They'll be back. You want to know why? Because when they get a devil, when a devil grips them, they'll know exactly where to go. So I want to encourage every pastor that if you are like me, where I preached against it, God delivered me, set me free. And now I've been running around the world, still being a pastor. Obviously, I teach and preach other things in my church. But now God is using the platform that I have as a pastor to be able to inspire other pastors. So pastor, if you're listening to me, be inspired. This thing is real. And and hear the cry of your sheep that are being demonized and terrorized. And God is saying, you are the deliverer. Go and set the captives free. And I think for pastors and leaders coming from a leader and a pastor is you're going to solve a lot of the issues you've been chasing around, trying to counsel, trying to medicate when you start doing deliverance. A lot of times, and this was a sign and a mark in the Old Testament of a false prophet, the Bible says that they try to deal with mortal wounds with superficial treatment. So rather than taking the road of the supernatural, they take the road of the superficial. And this is my question, Alexander, when I'm hearing you preach is, if the world can't get delivered in the church, if the witches, if the warlocks, if the celebrities, if the people that need deliverance and the believers that are in this room right now that need deliverance, we just broke 3,000, cannot get delivered in the body of Christ. Let me go. Let me just get Alexander Pagani here for a moment and ask you, where in the world can they get delivered? Stop telling people it's going to happen on another day. And this is Luke 13. The, the essence of religion was don't let it happen here. It's the Sabbath. And and Jesus said, if it doesn't happen today, when do you want it to happen? You untie your donkey on the Sabbath, but this lady has been bound for 18 years by Satan. Woo. 
not by a sickness, not by a family member, not by an issue, not by a condition, not by, uh, uh, you know, that's just her personality. She's dealing with a little bit of OCD. She's been bound, tied up by Satan for 18 years, and I've come to lose her, and you're trying to tell me that this isn't the place or the time or the right day or the right setting? Listen, if somebody has a demon, I don't care if you're at the grocery store. I don't care if you're in the backseat of Suburban. I don't care if you're in a parking lot. I don't care if you're at the altar in the back room get that demon talk to them and figure out a way to if you're not going to set them up with a deliverance deal with the devil the devil is not going to volunteer and this is something that is so overlooked and i think a lot of pastors you know this is just a gray area and they're afraid to learn you need to learn god has called you right. and put you over those sheep to push back on the force of darkness and especially this year we are going to face darkness because of this because of culture, because of government, like the world has never faced. And we're just as pastors laying down, taking a right. nap, and I, I hate to use this language, but I just have to get severe here. Letting the devil vomit all over our church, letting the devil vomit all over our generation, and we're not even challenging him. We're not even confronting him. The devil's not going to give up until we confront him. He's not just gonna wave a flag of surrender. We must confront demons. We must violently attack demons. And so if Jesus did this, we're called to do this. So who do we think we are to try to improve on the pattern of ministry Jesus established? Who do we think we are as pastors and leaders and believers? And this is not just for pastors and leaders to try to enhance the ministry Jesus started. There's no evolving how Jesus did it. So we do it because he did it. If he loved people, we love people. If he laid hands on the sick, we lay hands on the sick. If he drove out demons, we drive out demons. Jesus said the way we establish his kingdom on the earth is by driving out demons. Paul said right. we wrestle against people with no bodies, principalities and powers. Jesus said, I'm going to build a church that the gates of hell are not going to prevail against. And let me just tell you this. He hasn't changed his mind. I know that we're so good with our laser beams, our light shows, our LED screens, our fog machines, our coffee shops, our donuts, and our cappuccinos. But listen, friend, praise God if you have a nice coffee shop, but that's not going to get a demon out of anybody. The laser beams, the lights, I've been in, I've preached in over 500 different churches, are not going to deliver anybody. We need I feel the Holy Ghost fire, the un unadulterated power, fire, anointing of Almighty God. I want to call some pastors that this is the moment that God is blowing the trumpet. God is sounding the alarm. God is raising up the remnant. Stop listening to dead, washed up, watered down, yo-yo, McDonald's, Burger King celebrity, <laughs> tight leather pants, nice boots, pastors that are trying to talk you out of the ministry that Jesus established. This is not a ministry Alexander established or Isaiah established. This is the ministry. So when are you going to get off it? Never, because Jesus didn't get off it because everywhere he went, he dealt with demons. And tonight, some of you are manifesting up in here in the chat because your pastor has, you're realizing, has put a pacifier in your mouth and told you everything's going to be fine. Just give me your 10% and just keep relying on me. And this is one of the reasons why they are, I just feel so, I just feel, I just got an attitude here tonight, but they are afraid. I'm just going to say what no one else is going to tell you. They are afraid of you getting in this preaching. They are afraid of you learning about Nephilim and learning about other demons and learning about open doors and learning about strongholds and learning about spiritual spouses and incubus and all, all these things that are real. They are afraid because guess what's going to happen? Luke, Luke 13, if she gets free, 18 years, she's been in bondage. What do you 
anything she's been doing for 18 years, coming to the synagogue, giving her offering, relying on the priest, bless me, bless me, bless me. And Jesus goes, I know why y'all are really afraid because the moment she gets loosed, she does not need your watered down dead religious going through the motions church any longer because she's just been going there to try to to try to appease her demons when god says i want you to be delivered that's why i'm not afraid listen of you listening of my followers listening to any other preacher that preaches on deliverance because i'm not i don't want you to come to me to get delivered i want to raise you up and train you up to do deliverance and to be raised up was why we're doing go ahead go ahead Look, the reason why. Oh, your mic's not. Hold on. Is this me? Hold on one second. Uh Come on. Let me do. Let me do something here. Uh huh. Don't do this to me. Don't do this to me. This happened. Go ahead and try to talk. Come on, I'm here. No, this happened when I had John Ramirez. Let me try to switch it here. Come on, I'm here. I'm still here. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Everybody, stay with us here. Let me just switch screens. Give me one second, guys. I'm gonna fix this. The devil is a liar. We've been having issues all night. Give me one second. We're going to try to fix this here. Okay, you're talking now. I think, let me just switch one thing. I'm going to have to just do a backup here. Give me one second, guys. We're just going to do, we're just going to do a quick backup here on the audio because these, these disconnected. Can you guys hear them? Just type one in the chat if you can hear them. I think we're good now. I'm just going to put you through the speakers here. It's good on my end. Okay, good. They can hear. Praise the Lord. We're just going to take the headphones off and we're going to roll. Let's go. Uh, Okay, now, 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 look at this. The reason why pastors and leaders struggle with this ministry of deliverance is um, deliverance removes the dysfunction and dysfunction is a lucrative business. Let me say that again. Dysfunction is a lucrative business, but it's nothing like when the kingdom of God shows up and removes the dysfunction and now there's no more dependency on the system as opposed to dependency on Christ. I want to encourage every pastor that, listen, don't live the rest of your ministry on dysfunction. As a matter of fact, we know that dysfunction is a lucrative business because all we're talking about is people in the struggle. People in the struggle, people in the struggle. I mean to tell you that some struggles are struggles, and then there are other struggles that are demonic. What are you going to do when these struggles are demonic? A principal won't make it go away. Uh, Counseling won't make it go away. Some stuff you can't counsel out, you got to cast it out. And I want to encourage every pastor that's watching me, listen, embrace the ministry of deliverance, but you're probably saying, but man of God, I, one, I'm nervous, not nervous to do it. I'm nervous that I don't know what I'm doing. Watch this, watch this. The first apostolic mission that the 12 apostles and the 70 went on, Jesus didn't even go with them. This is, this is what I'm about to say. Listen, the first mission that the apostles went on to cast out devils, Jesus didn't go with them. When they came back, they were rejoicing. Remember Luke chapter 10? They were rejoicing that it worked without Jesus having to micromanage. I'm sure. Listen, I am sure that that they were laughing on the way back that they were fumbling, making mistakes, like gigging on each other. Like, ha, I saw the way you said it. You said it, uh, 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 Peter. Wow, look at the way you said it. Wow, wow. Listen, it's not, listen, deliverance is not an incantation. Uh, deliverance is not a ritual. 
Deliverance is the ongoing work of the Holy Spirit to reveal the root of a problem and to find the demon and to cast it out by the finger of God. Not only that, deliverance is the true manifestation of the kingdom. Jesus said, if I cast out demons by the finger of God or spirit of God, then surely the kingdom of God is among you. Listen, all you got to do is show up with the Holy Ghost and open your mouth and Listen, listen, listen. Let me even go a step further. With people, with people that feel like, well, I still, what if I say the wrong thing? Watch this, watch this. Look at this. When Joshua prayed for the sun to stand still, Joshua was praying from a place of ignorance, depending on which scientific view of astronomy you hold to. Why? Because according to science, the sun don't move, but the earth rotates around the sun. So when he told the sun to stand still, God stopped the earth, not the sun. Now, what, what does that mean? It means that God knows what you meant to say. God knows what you meant to say. Even you stumble and fumble, come out in the name of Jesus, and you hold back, baby. All you got to do is say the name, say the name, and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And God will meet you at your place of ignorance and still cast the devil out. And this is the reason why, when the apostles came back, they were rejoicing, they were rejoicing because on their first mission, with all of their mistakes. Demons still came out. Listen, deliverance is not the formula. Deliverance will only work if your name is in the registry, not in the book of life, the registry of the book of deliverance. I'm here to tell you that God has a book that is assigned to every grace and mantle and impartation of uh, that. The Bible talks about that we can function in. There is a book for deliverance, and 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 it, there is a registry, right? And God said, "Rejoice that your name is written in the book." When your name is written in the book, the devil knows you. The devil knows you. That's what happened with the seven sons of Sceva. They said, "Paul, we know Paul. He's in the book. We know Jesus, but who are you? We don't know you. Your name ain't in that book." But I'm here to tell you that there's somebody watching me right now, pastors, leaders, and ministers. God is calling you to the ministry of deliverance. No more running. No more hiding. Saul, get out of the wagon. Saul, come out of the tent. Come out. God is calling you to rise up and embrace this mantle for deliverance and just go and set the captives free. Because let me share this with you because Isaiah can testify to this as well as me. That the only way you get better at deliverance is by doing deliverance. We all started somewhere. I remember when I first cast out a demon and I did deliverance. I got so embarrassed at myself. I got so embarrassed at myself because I stumbled and I fumbled in my words. And I remember turning around, walking to the back of the church and my wife was like, What's wrong with you, Alex? And I was like, I, this is exactly what I told her. I said, don't you ever put me to do deliverance again. I'm never going to embarrass myself like that again. And she said, Alex, what the heck are you talking about? Look at the floor. And when I looked at the floor, the woman was delivered. 
man. Listen, and after that, I just said, you know what, God? I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going to learn as much as I can, and I'm going to go forth. And now God is using our ministry to cast out demons, and I want you to be inspired. You're going to cast out demons as well, so be inspired tonight. Come on. I, listen, I'm ready to go do a deliverance right now. I'm so fired up. I know that we have all these things going on right now. The devil is a liar. I'm telling you guys, God is calling you tonight, and we're not even in. We were, we were just, this is all prophetic. The last 30 minutes we're just flowing here because God is speaking something prophetically to you guys to be able to start doing this to be able you you're called you're anointed you don't have to wait any longer well where do I start you just start you start praying you guys have got the teaching and the learning and I know Alexander we're gonna go a little bit deeper specifically on some stuff that you left on talking about last week I, I know I want to give you time to be able to talk about this but some of these things that God is doing we're is God is and I'll, the I'll Holy just spirit we're I'll, just following the Holy Spirit yeah, whatever just, he wants to do if he changes it we just flow with I'll it I'll just ramp into it here but you know there are other things or other demons or levels of darkness and we just have to say this that we're dealing with right now that the disciples did not have to face and this is what you need to understand because a lot of people are like well that isn't in scripture or that isn't in the Bible or this isn't in the Bible well yeah we know the, the cell phones aren't in the Bible and this is a new way and that's why the Bible says men continue to invent new ways to sin and when Come we on. have these new ways to sin we have have new demonic things new demonic powers and darkness guys right now we have the least amount of people since the beginning of time or since Jesus was on the earth that are actively out doing this I think we're gonna change this and turn around and we have the most darkness the world has ever seen new ways of sinning and that's how you that's that's why you know when you're 19 and you say well 19 this is what we were doing this is what we were talking about and then 10 years go by now 16 year olds now eight year olds listen i was in a coffee shop years ago and i was listening to young people that were 8 to 12 years old at starbucks i was studying my bible and they were talking about the most grotesque the most perverted things i've ever heard and i was thinking these are eight nine and ten year olds i wasn't even talking about that till i was like 16 or 17 but it's because the devil has continued what is that showing us to advance his kingdom and so if you're 40 or 50 when you were 18 you weren't talking the mess that the 10 year olds are talking because this is an advancing of the devil's kingdom and it's progressively advancing this is why all the children's television our witchcraft our magic our demonic this is why 10 year olds and now they're saying the average age of, of a person losing their virginity is now 10 11 12 what are you talking about i didn't even talk about these things until i was 16 years old and now 10 year olds and now eight year olds so how much longer and this is what i'm saying here how much longer are we going to allow the enemy to advance his kingdom in our children in our marriages in our families on netflix on social media and then you guys want to get up here and cry about the fact that we're talking about spiritual warfare cry about oh i just don't think we should go that much show me that in the bible there's not one place in the bible where it says we shouldn't be exposing satan we shouldn't be talking about the devil we shouldn't be uh, uh, going against his works yet there's so many verses where jesus went against satan and then john says if everything jesus did was in scripture the world would would not be able to contain it i mean the book of acts we don't know who how they were doing it or what they were doing we have small glimpses so we must go out and do this and teach this and preach this and demonstrate this so it doesn't matter tonight if you're a school teacher if you're a celebrity if you're a coffee shop owner if you're a pastor if you're an apostle if you're a prophet if you're a stay-at-home mom if you're dad it doesn't matter every single person listening is 3200 of you are eligible for the ministry of deliverance and we're telling you stuff tonight 
No one right. else is going to tell you. You're not going to hear this. I'm afraid to say, hopefully in a year you will, on your Sunday morning, that you've been called and equipped, that you don't have to rely on a pastor, on a preacher, on a man of God to do something to you so that you can go out. I had someone write, uh, call me Monday. Can I baptize in my bathtub? My pastor or this person says, you have to wait till you're a leader. You have to wait till you're a pastor. No, Jesus said, go make disciples and go baptize. He didn't say, finish your four-year Bible college degree. He didn't say, get licensed or be a part of a denomination. He said, go. So you've been qualified to go make disciples. So we're going to jump a little bit deeper here. I know you're going to talk a bit here about the Nephilim, but I'm telling you guys, God is doing something right now in our generation. Don't miss what God is doing. I think we just need to turn the podcast all year to the Alexander Pagani Isaiah Saldemar show. We'll just, we'll just, sorry everybody, all of our guests, we're gonna have to wait a year till you come back because I know there's so much we can go in so many places that we, we can talk here and it's just exciting to get with somebody that I could talk about this stuff with because sadly there's very few preachers and you guys know this, it's scarce in the body of Christ and I think it needs to, we gotta break this. Pastor, stop being afraid to preach, teach, and share. This is what Jesus said. We have the words of Jesus, the ministry of Jesus, the demonstration of Jesus to go out and to start really getting into deliverance and driving out demons and go forth what God's called us to do. Go for it. Listen, listen, for those of you, you know, Isaiah said something very interesting, and I think we're at the top of the hour now. Now we can kind of jump into some revelation that hopefully will lead to deliverance. But he mentioned something about how growth, uh, how darkness is increasing. And this is the reason why we need to get to next level uh, deliverance. You know, th th there's another level of deliverance. Deliverance is an ever unfolding, ever progressing revelation. You know, uh, the things that I'm learning about deliverance now, um, I'm probably going to learn new things as time goes on, um, as many of you that are there. But but I'm going to show you something uh, about how many levels. There are actually six levels of darkness. I actually have it written here. And the reason why I have it written here in my book of downloads, because I have a book of revelation of just deliverance, is because um, the Bible calls them rulers of darkness. Let me wait, 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 wait. Let, 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 let's, let's address this. The Bible says rulers of darkness, which means these are entities that own darkness. They live in the realm of darkness and they're able to evolve darkness. It's kind of like what, what, what Isaiah said that uh, 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 Bob Larson told him that he's encountering new gods. I taught that last week about how the children of Israel were encountering new gods as man enters into a state of depravity or depravity. Um, we find that as they go deeper into darkness, Revelation chapter two, verse 18 says the depths of Satan, D-E-P-T-H. So, so we, th there is levels of of the demonic and the only way we get there is the more depraved and the more uh, neglectful or ignorant the church or human beings become the more deeper the deeper it gets but let me let me show you let me just give them to you by name and verses i'm not going to read them but I, I want you to see, understand that there are levels of darkness we find the word darkness in genesis Chapter one, verse two, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And I established that last week that the word deep was the word abyss or abysmo, which means the prison by which the fallen entity, Satan and his angels were housed. And the Bible says the spirit of God was moving upon the face of the waters or he was the prison ward, the prison warden um, in the prison. All right. So look at this. So Genesis chapter one, verse two says darkness. That's let's just start there. 
But when you get to Job chapter 38, verse 9, Job talks about thick darkness. Thick darkness. Do, do you see? So now we go from regular darkness to thick darkness. Job chapter 23, verse 17 says, terrifying darkness. So now it's not just thick, but there is a darkness that is now terrifying, which means now it's attacking and it's talking. Okay, now look at this. Um, Job chapter 22, verse 8 says, impenetrable darkness. So now there's a darkness that there is no light. Now watch this. Watch this. The book of Jude talks about how when the stars of heaven fell, it says God re, uh, it says God has reserved them to the blackest of judgment. Helping us understand that fallen angels, the stars of heaven, or the benai Elohim, to help you understand it in a parable, is the devil is a black hole. And if you know like a, what a black hole is, a black hole is a star that has collapsed in himself and no light can penetrate. No light can penetrate and anything that gets around it gets swallowed in. And this is why the devil cannot repent. Why? Because the Bible says there is no truth in him. For when he lies, he speaks of his own nature or rather the blackness of his nature. So demon or rather fallen angels and the devil are nothing but black holes just to help you understand in a parable of a of astronomy now look at this look at this look at this jesus even said number five outer darkness now jesus used outer darkness so i just gave you darkness thick darkness terrifying darkness impenetrable darkness and look at this and now jesus says outer darkness which means that there is a darkness that is outside of the realm and it is so far away from light that it is the land of the lost. It is the bottomless pit. Now watch this. These levels of darkness grip humanity. You know what I'm, because 2 Corinthians chapter uh, 4 says that the God of this world has blinded the minds. Blinded the minds. So watch this. So when you encounter different people, it's not just darkness. What level of darkness is there? As a matter of fact, let me read this to you. Look at this. Luke chapter 11. Am I talking good? Say amen. Look at this. Look at this. Luke chapter 11. Look at this. In Luke chapter 11, watch this. Look at this. Look what it says. Look at this. Look what it says. Your, verse 34. Luke chapter 11, verse 34. We're still talking about darkness. Look at this. It says, your eye, New Living Translation, is like a lamp that provides light for your body. Whoa, look at this. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. But when it is unhealthy, your body is filled with darkness. Look at verse 35. Make sure that the light you think you have is not actually darkness. Whoa, look at this. Look at this. Look at this. If you are filled with light with no dark corners. Wait a second. He just said dark like three times in the verse. Wait a second. Look what it says. Let me let me let me read it again so that you can understand. Look, look, look what it says. Look what it says. But when your eye is unhealthy, your body is filled with darkness. 
All right, look what it says. Look at it, look at it says, B uh, filled with darkness. Make sure that the light you think you have is not actually darkness. This is why I have a problem when I talk to believers and they say, I don't have a demon. Well, how do you know? How do you know? Let me put a flashlight on you and let me see. Let me let me poke you. Let's find out if something is there. All right. You know, oh, I'm feel I'm seated with Christ in heavenly places. Well, amen. We are seated with Christ in heavenly places. But look what it says. Make sure that the light or revelation that you think you have is not actually darkness. If you are filled with light with no dark corners, the ministry of deliverance is for dark corners. You're not possessed by a devil. You just have a dark corner in your life. Listen, you have a dark area in your life. Now watch this. And, and in those dark areas, look at this, 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 look at this. In that dark area, we need to find out what level of darkness is in there. Why? Because who operates in darkness are the rulers of darkness. So, so, so let me, so, so, so let me, let me read it to you, paraphrasing with revelation. If you are filled with light, with no rulers of, of rulers of darkness occupying an area, then your whole life will be radiant as though a floodlight were filling you with light. This is right here in Luke chapter 11 concerning light and darkness. This is why the Bible says you are the light of the world. But not only that, it says your eye is the lamp of your body. So if you're understanding, if you're understanding, or, 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 or I would say two things. If your eye, your understanding is in a place of neglect or ignorance, the devil or demons will occupy the dark corner just like a roach. You ever encountered a roach in your home? What do the roaches run for? When you turn on the light, they run for dark corners. They run to a dark corner. And this is what the ministry of deliverance is. It's putting God's flashlight in those dark corners. Now watch this. Let me help you understand this even further. This has everything to do with what we're talking. I'm giving you fresh revelation on this thing. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this. The ministry of deliverance, watch this, is not fighting the darkness. It's turning on the light. When you turn on the light, Every creature of the night, every nocturnal ruler of the dark is exposed by default. And you're able to find the demon exactly where they are hiding. So for those of you that say, I don't think I have a demon. How do you know? Let me investigate the dark corners. So good. And you know, that's why I think a lot of people, as we talk about, can be in church their entire life, like people we deal with that are 50, 60, 70, and live their life. Not that you're going to go to hell if you have a demon when you die, but live in bondage, battling something that God wants to set you free from, and then say, well, how is it that I never dealt with this and I've been in church my whole life? Because has anybody shined a light in your house? Has anybody called a demon out? Has anyone said, hey, is there anything in there and commanded it to come out? Demons 
must be confronted to manifest. They're not just going to pop out of you at the most opportune time. In fact, the devil camouflages himself. And one of the giveaways is we always talk about dominating thoughts. When you're getting extremely perverted thoughts, that's the devil overplaying his hand. And then you know there's a demon there and you can deal with him. So the devil's very careful, which is why he works under the cover of darkness because he Come doesn't on. want to overplay his hand. He doesn't want you to believe. And so a lot of people say, well, that's just your thoughts. It's not your thoughts. It's the devil convincing you the demon speaking is your thoughts. And now many of you in the chat are having demonic thoughts and you think that's just my thoughts. And then I want you to ask yourself, would I be thinking this perverted thought? Did I create that thought? Because here's the deal. If you're not creating the thought, God's obviously not creating the thought somebody's making that thought up and the devil doesn't have access to your mind unless he's working in the realm of your soul which is your mind your will and emotion so if there's not a cockroach there or a demon there they don't have any power to give you thoughts the devil's not giving me thoughts right now because there's not a demon there but we've gotten so we've normalized alexander being demonized in the church we've normalized being in bondage and we have a doctrine of demons that was created what? by the devil and you all have heard this and i'm gonna go Go ahead and expose it that says that's just how you are you're always going to be this way or that's because of this or you just went through a traumatic experience no friend the traumatic experience opened the door for the demon and the demons giving you the nightmares giving you the thoughts and nobody's willing i'm sorry no one else will tell you we'll tell you because it's our broadcast to tell you that these things are demonic and i don't care what bible college you graduated from I don't care how long and I just want to go back really quick and correct something I said earlier someone brought to my attention where I said demons don't come out by praying or don't come out by fasting here's what I was saying when you fast you can fast for a year straight and that doesn't mean a demon's gonna leave because you fasted or you can pray Lord 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 deliver me deliver me for a year straight doesn't mean the Lord's gonna deliver you because the biblical model of getting delivered was another believer commanding the demon to leave you that's what I meant by prayer and fasting obviously prayer and fasting is essential to being a deliverer but I don't want anyone clipping that and taking it out of context and saying Isaiah Saldivar says deliverance isn't coming by prayer and fasting what I'm saying is you have to have somebody get violent and command that that thing to leave and deliverance really is alexander you've been alluding to this this whole time it's a it's a game of spiritual hide and seek jesus said oh, you are a spiritual God. house this is what jesus said demons call you their home you know one of the ways i always start my prayers and deliverance with is this person is not your home you can no longer live here. They don't belong to you. And what happens? Ah, how did you know? Why are you saying that? How'd you know? I've had demons over and over. How'd you know we were living in a house? Because the Bible says demons call believers their home. And they come and they dwell and live in the realm of the soul, which is your spiritual house. And they take up residence in your mind, in your will. That's why some of you say, I've had this overwhelming desire to do this. That's a demon working in the will. Or my emotions are out of control. I can't stop crying all the time. Or I'm having uh, uncontrolled laughter that's a demon working in the realm of your emotions or you say I just don't understand why my mind is so full of these demonic thoughts these that's a demon working in the realm of the mind all located in your house and you need to let the devil know tonight and we're giving him an eviction notice saying you're going to have to go find a new place to live and this is where he has to go the abyss the pit they told Come Jesus on. don't send us to the pit don't send us to the abyss listen you're not living here any longer and it, listen if you're okay and I just I'm gonna I'm just gonna fall right out of my chair here as I preach this if you're okay with demons living in you that's completely fine but as for me and my house we shall serve the lord as for me and my house we are going to serve god so i'm not just talking about my wife my kids my house 
As for me and my house, I'm not letting no demon live here. So listen, if a demon moved up in here in the midnight hour, if a demon moved up in here from a situation, if a demon snuck in through the back window or found another way, the Bible says, to get in, I'm getting that joker out. I don't care about the title. I don't, listen, if I manifest live online, I always joke about it. Cast that thing out of me because I, until you get to a place, pastors, leaders, believers, where you have no pride to salvage, your spiritual house is always going to be rented out by demons. They're always looking for a room to rent. They're homeless. Oh demons Lord do Jesus. not have a home. So they need a body. They need a mouth to drink through, a mouth to lie through, ears to sin through, eyes to sin through. So they're looking. They're looking for a room to rent. And some of Come you on. look like an opportune place. You look like a Disneyland resort to demons. You're like a five-star resort because you're always opening up doors and they know that they can dwell with you. But I hear, I hear the Lord saying somebody is going to give the devil an eviction notice tonight. No more squatters. No more dwelling in my home. Get out of my house because I am, the Bible says, a temple of almighty God and it's time. Now, some of you might say, well, brother Isaiah, how can God dwell where the devil dwells? God dwells in the realm of the spirit. Your spirit is made perfect when you receive the Holy Ghost. Demons work in the realm of the soul, which is why you can still have demonic thoughts and be full of the Holy Ghost. Come on, am I preaching to anybody? Which is why you can still do, still sin. How could I still sin and have the Holy Ghost? Because it's called the will, the unredeemed area of your soul, which is being renewed. So our mind, our emotions, our will is in the process it's under construction it's do it's in it's going to change but doesn't mean it automatically is all changed just because you got saved there's still demons there lingering in your house and i'm gonna let you go here but lingering that we have to evict by the power of god which is why this ministry is so essential and we're going to keep hitting it and nailing it because we need deliverance in the body of christ like never before we're talking about the secrets to deliverance. So if we kind of went down a different path, all we're doing is, re all I'm doing here is revealing secrets. Now, many of you have been working at the chat room. We've been asking, where do they go? and Where do they hide? Have you ever asked yourself, where does Legion go when it, when it inhabits a soul? Where does Legion go? All right, where does Legion go? Now, if you would uh, work with me, I, I have a bunch of verses that I want, uh, I want to go over with you to help you understand exactly what are these dark corners because i'm reading the chat room and people are saying well what are the dark corners these dark corners are rooms write it in the chat room these dark corners are rooms demons find rooms but 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 watch this look at this turn with me to john let me let me flesh this out i'm going to give you one two three four about four portions of scripture watch this from different from different instances of scripture and i'm going to give you a secret to help you understand the human anatomy that way you could go beyond just saying the outer court, the holy place, and the most holy place, the body, soul, and spirit. Okay, watch this. Let me, let me look at this. John chapter 2. John chapter 2, starting with verse 19. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tone myself down, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to exegete this so that you can see this from a place of revelation. Look, look at this. It says, look at this, uh, verse 18. But the Jewish leaders demanded, what are you doing? If God gave you authority to do this, show us a miraculous sign to prove it. Verse 19 from the New Living Translation. For those of you that are asking what version I'm using, I'm doing NLT. Verse 19. All right, Jesus replied, destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. What? They exclaimed. It has taken 46 years to build this temple. And how can you rebuild it in three days? But look at verse 21, and this is going to be the most revolutionary thing you have ever heard. It says, but when Jesus said this temple 
He meant his own body. Stop right there. What is God showing us? He is helping us understand the way God and the way heaven views things. So what does this mean? That temple in the text doesn't mean temple as in the building. It means human body. Okay, so Jesus said it, red letter. So temple means, write it in the chat room, temple means body. Now watch this. Look at this. Luke chapter 17. Now watch this. Luke chapter 17. Watch this. I'm going to show you something. Look at this. Luke chapter 17, verse 20. Now I'm giving you the secrets to deliverance. And we got about, we still got about 45 minutes to go. And we'll get to Nephilim, but we're going to, I'm going to give you the, the broadcast of secrets to deliverance. So, so look at this. Look at this. Verse 20. Look what it says in Luke chapter 17, uh, verse 20. It says this. Um, it says, um, one day the Pharisees asked him, uh, show us the kingdom of God. Jesus replied, the kingdom of God cannot be detected uh, by visible signs. You won't be able to say, here it is, or it's over there. For the kingdom of God is within you. Okay, so we just established, look at this, that the temple means the body. But look at this, the body is the kingdom. I am the kingdom. I am the kingdom. Now watch this. So the temple means body and the body or the temple is housing the kingdom. Look at this. So with temple meaning body, turn with me to first Kings. First Kings. Now, the question I have is where does legion go when it invades a human body? Where does it, where does it go? Because a legion is 2000 spirits. Let's just say two to 3000, maybe 6,000 demons. Well, where do they go inside a human soul? Now, look at this. Look at this. First Kings chapter, uh, chapter six. Watch this. Look at this. So temple uh, means body. But look at this. In chapter six, I want to show you something so that you can, so that you can see it. Uh, chapter six, starting with, verse, starting with verse two. Look at this. Verse two said, the temple that King Solomon built for the Lord. But temple means what? body now in this proper context if it's solomon's temple but the old testament is the new testament concealed the new testament is the old testament revealed so so look at this so the the temple that king solomon built for the lord was 90 feet long 30 feet wide 45 feet high the entry room at the front of the temple was 30 feet wide running across running across the width of the entire temple it projected outward 15 feet from the front of the temple Look at verse four. Wait a second. Look at verse four. Verse four says Solomon also made narrow recessed windows throughout the temple. Wait a second. Wait a second. Wait, 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 wait a second. So, 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 so most believers, when you tell them that they have a, that have a demon, they'll fight you on it because they spend more time at the door. Because they're saying, wait a second, I'm at the door. How could I have a demon? I've been at the door. But the Bible says that Solomon's temple had narrow, recessed windows all throughout the temple. All throughout the temple. Now, what are those windows to? Look at this. He built, look at verse 5. Look what it says. Solomon also built a complex of rooms against the outer walls of the temple all the way around to the sides and the rear of the building. Look at verse 6. 
The complex was three stories high, the bottom floor, the upstairs, and the top floor. So wait a second. So now the temple, the, and the temple means what? The temple means body, right? Oh, wait a second. We have three floors. We're not just three compartments. We're not just uh, spirit, soul, and body. The text here says that Solomon's temple also had rooms on three floors. So you got the first floor, you got the second floor, you got the third floor. But notice the word that's used in the text. It says he made a complex of rooms. Wait a second. The word complex is a word play because have you ever had a hard time finding something? It's called complex. Did you catch what I just said? L listen, 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 listen. It's not just complex building complex as in difficult to understand, which means this thing is complex. And this complexity of the human body not just has three compartments, it has three levels. Level one, level two, level three, with windows all around. Wait a second, so okay, there's three floors, but how many rooms on each floor? I'm glad that you asked with me to Ezekiel chapter 41. Ezekiel 41. Am I talking good? Say amen. And I feel the presence of the Lord is going to deliver somebody today, whether we get to Nephilim or not, because the subject title of this broadcast was not Nephilim. It was Secrets to Deliverance. And if we get to it, we get to it. The issue is you're going to get set free from complex demons, from other demons that no one wants to talk about. Look at this. Ezekiel 41. Look at this. 41. Look at this, verse 5 and 6. Look what it says. Then he measured the wall of the temple. This is Ezekiel talking. He's having a vision of the temple. But temple means what? It means body, according to who? To Jesus. And this body has the what? Has the kingdom. And within the kingdom in this body, how many floors are there in this body? It is first floor second floor, third floor, and around these floors, they have rooms. Listen to this. Then he measured the wall of the temple, and it was ten and a half feet thick. There were ten and a half feet thick. There was a row of rooms along the outside wall. Each room was seven feet wide. Look at verse six. These side rooms were built in three levels. So now it's talking about Solomon. Ezekiel is seeing it in the spirit realm. Watch this. Look at this. Look at this. The side rooms were built in three levels, one above the other, with third rooms on each level. Wait a second. Wait a second. Listen, 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 listen. You and I have been taught that the human body is uh, the spirit, soul, and body. That is three compartments which are true. The outer court, the holy place, and the most holy place. And if we're going to use the metaphor and the analogy and the parable uh, and the symbolism of the temple, baby, don't leave out the windows. 
don't leave out the windows, and don't leave out the floors. So there is level one, first floor, level two, second floor, level three, a third floor. How many rooms in each floor? Ezekiel actually tells us 30, 60, 90. Oh, so the human temple has 90 rooms. Wait a second. Wait a second. So if you ask, where does legion go when it inhabits a soul? Watch this. It goes into a room that is dark, dark corners. This is why deliverance is an ever progressive uh unfolding revelation deliverance doesn't stop why because let me ask you how many deliverances have you had wait a second oh i've had two or three baby you got 90 rooms you got 90 rooms what is this letting me know that when legion goes up in a soul when legion goes up in a soul it picks a room that you least frequently visit the rooms that you least frequently visit is where is where legion goes. Now that is what the Bible says. That is uh, what the Bible says. Now look at this. Look at this. Would you like to go a step further? Look at this. Turn with me to Ezekiel chapter eight. Watch this. Ezekiel chapter eight. And here is when deliverance comes in. Watch this. Ezekiel chapter eight. Watch this. Look what it says in Ezekiel chapter eight. Look at this. Starting with verse seven. Look what it says. Look what it says. Then he brought me to the door of the temple courtyard. Temple means what? It means body where I could see a hole in the wall. Wait a second. And God said to me, now, son of man, dig into the wall. So I dug into the wall and I found a hidden doorway. I found a hidden doorway where notice how watch this. Notice how this room was covered by plaster. The room was hidden behind the wall. There was a room behind the wall, and that's what religion does. And that's what false doctrine does. And that's what doctrine of demons does. And that's what people who keep saying, it's not a demon, it's you. It's a principle, it's not the devil, it's not the devil. And what they do with this fictitious, Willy Wonka, Chuck E. Cheese Christianity, and these where's Waldo Christians, they put up plaster over walls trying to uh, say it's just a principle and then God comes down by the notice that there was a hole in the wall what's the hole the finger of the Lord the Bible says God comes down and he takes by the finger of the Lord and he pokes a hole in the wall and he says son of man dig in that wall and as you dig and find out what's going on in your bloodline and as you dig and find out what's going on in your head as you dig to find out where the devil is hiding inside your soul and you go into let me tell you something there is a level of deliverance that goes beyond just your body there are demons that hide in the very neurotransmitters and the electrodes 
in your mind. They hide even within the cell. This is why God says the next level of deliverance is microscopic deliverance, where we will find the devil hiding in a chromosome. The devil's hiding. Listen, listen, you got to be deliverance forensics. And the Bible says that God poked the hole. It doesn't say that, but it says hole. But the hole was by the finger of the Lord. He poked the hole as a son of man now dig. And as Ezekiel began to dig, as Ezekiel began to dig, he saw a door to a wall, a door to a room. And if you read the text, when he opened the door, well, you might ask, how did he get to open the door? Behold, Jesus said, I have given unto you the keys to the, you missed what I just said, the keys to the kingdom. Where is the kingdom? The kingdom is within you. So when Jesus said, behold, I give you keys to the kingdom, the keys are to rooms inside the human body. And that's what those keys are. You go into the daughter room where someone raped you. You go into the son room where someone abandoned you. You go into the, you go into the, uh, the race room where someone had ostracized you because of the color of your skin. These different rooms are where legion hides and it's your job to whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven and whatever you with the key loose or rather whatever you lock on earth shall be locked in heaven and whatever you open with the key to the kingdom that's inside the temple and what do you do you go in the room and you start cleaning the room out and God sent us here today to clean your room out incubus is going to hit the road vanity is going to fly out the window those of you that are dealing with generational curses God is saying he's going to deliver you tonight receive your breakthrough in Jesus mighty name that is a perfect place for us to pray listen we'll do another broadcast I'm going to commit you again to another broadcast in a couple weeks here but I'm telling you guys I feel right now I know there's many people I've been reading in the chat that are manifesting in the chat right now so we're gonna pray guys we're gonna break this and we're going to dig in Jesus name and I'm saying Lord dig in me I, I want you to search me out David said search me out and find if there's anything in me that offends you so search me God with your power with your finger with your anointing and I think this message is so relevant and we had all this planned guys but I'm telling you the Holy Ghost hijacked this broadcast and took it exactly where it needed to go because there's many of you listening many of you are already are already manifesting now that are going to get set free by the power by the presence of God we'll come back in the, in the weeks to come we'll do another broadcast we'll talk about the Nephilim and all the other stuff we want to we want to discuss we'll do one on generational curses but I want to tell you guys tonight that God is doing something in your life God is searching and God is digging by his Holy Spirit power and his Holy Spirit anointing so no one is exempt from what God wants to find and what God wants to search and so I'm just gonna pray listen you need to just right now wherever you're at begin to ask the Lord God search my heart and if you have a family member 
or a friend that's there and you begin to manifest, let them begin to pray. Let them begin to break this. Let them begin to do deliverance on you because we're going to believe for mass deliverance as we pray. I really feel the Lord saying, I am exposing people tonight. Some of you might freak out, say, why would God expose me? It's the kindness, it's the grace and the mercy of God that exposes us on earth before he exposes us on judgment day. Friend, you got to hear me tonight. It is much better for God to expose you while you're on earth than for God to expose you when you stand before him on judgment day. So just ask the Lord, say, Lord, expose me. I have a video coming out this week on sexual sin because I believe that God is exposing the body of Christ in, in the realm of sexual immorality, sexual demons, and sexual sin. So let's just pray. Father, we ask you in Jesus' name that you would begin to dig. Take your finger, Lord, and dig into every area and every hidden room in our house. Father, I pray if there's any lingering spirits, monitoring spirits, watching spirits, hiding spirits, familiar spirits, whatever spirits are there lurking and lingering and hiding in every one of us, spirits of anger and rage and bitterness and divorce and trauma, Yes, Every Lord. sexual demon, we come against you in Jesus' name, and we Bend command up, you to go now in Jesus' name. Go. These people are not your home. They are not your property. We take an eviction notice to you, Satan, tonight, and we bind you over the 3,200 people watching live. We bind you, Satan, and all your plans, and we say yeah. you must go and never return. You must go into the abyss and never come back in Jesus' name. You are arrested. Yes. You are illegal and you are tied up and we put the word of God against you. We take our authority yes. of Jesus Christ. The blood of Jesus is against you. The fire of the Holy Ghost is against you, Satan. And tonight we break your contracts. We break your assignments. We break your strategies. And Father, I thank you that you yes. are going deep tonight. I hear the Holy Spirit saying, I'm going deep tonight. I'm going in the dark corners that you've hidden, that you think there's nothing there, or you've just come to the grips of, oh, I don't need deliverance, but God is exposing, God is revealing, and God is going deep. And I pray, yes. listen, I'm praying before all of you, all of our followers, all of our partners, all of our people here. Lord, I'm praying over my life tonight in Isaiah Saldivar, and this is the prayer you should be praying over yourself. Lord, go deep in my life, into my thoughts, into my will, into my emotions, into every deep hidden every every area from my past, even before I was saved. Father, I'm praying that you would cleanse out, that you would purge out because I would rather God cleanse me now than years go by and these things manifest and destroy my life. The devil yes. is lurking, waiting for an opportune moment, just like the wolf waits for an opportune moment to pounce, just like a snake. He waits in that grass for an opportune moment to take a strike at you. And Father, I ask you right now that you would burn out every snake. We pray right now every demonic contract and assignment those of you that are in here and I know you're in the chat saying someone's put yes. this on me someone's put that on me but let me just tell you we're putting something greater on you and that's the fire of the Holy Ghost the blood of Jesus and the power of God so I don't care what witch what warlock what high priest what this what that put something on you we're putting a greater power on you that the one that is living on the inside of you is greater than the one that is living in the world that you have power to trample every scorpion every serpent that tonight we are bruising yes. the head of every demonic scorpion every demonic serpent and Satan, we serve you. Notice that you must go in Jesus' name. Your power, your strength, your might, and your plans are broken. And tonight, we establish God plans. We establish God's kingdom. We establish God's temple. We establish God's yes. anointing in our lives. And we pray that as for us and our house, 
our house, we will serve the Lord. You need to speak this. You need to pray this because we got the devil up against the ropes tonight. We got the devil on the run and we're going to keep plowing. We're going to keep pressing against him because people are being delivered right now. You need to take a deep breath. Spirits come oftentimes on. come out of the breath. Go ahead and take a deep breath. If you have someone there with you, let them lay hands. Let them continue to command these things because we're starting out your deliverance process. Well, some of you get complete deliverance, yes, but most of you, you're just starting tonight your deliverance process. And really, what I believe is also happening is not just deliverance because some of you are going to need extended deliverance. You're going to need someone to pray for you one-on-one -on -one session. But I believe right now God is exposing. Some of you are manifesting. I see you in the chat. This is God exposing as Alexander said he's putting that flashlight on the dark areas and this is one of the best things Alexander I tell people this all the time the best thing that can happen to you is for you to manifest we say well why because now we know something's there and now we know there's a problem that we can eradicate by the power of God so don't freak out those of you in the chat that are vomiting or coughing or burping or shaking or you're angry or you feel like you know you want to levitate off the ground this is God exposing the demonic powers that have been hiding by the preaching of God's word. The preaching is the illumination that goes into these dark areas. And now you're able to get set free from these. I know. Go ahead. Go for it, Alexander. Thank you, Lord. If you're a pastor, the spirit of the Lord is all over you right now. And you're probably crying out to God. Matter of fact, you know, I could, I'm going to go out on a limb here. There's a pastor. You're watching me. I'm seeing you. You're literally like on your knees with your hands raised. And you're literally crying out to God because you have... Read these, you have read these scriptures that I shared with you today and you had never seen it in that light. You totally were reading it with a filter, with a blinder and God broke, God removed the scales. God removed the scales uh, from your eyes. And I want you to continue and I order every demon of legalism or legalistic spirit that is indwelling that pastor. I order you by the authority of the courtroom of heaven. And in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, you are unauthorized. Go and come out of them now in the name of Jesus. Demon of tradition, demon of tradition, demon of secret sensitive. Come out, come out now, now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, demon of tradition, come out now in the name of Jesus, demon of error, demon of doctrinal error, demon of uh, spiritual error, demon, demon of charismatic error. Out, out, go, 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 go now in the name of Jesus, seducing spirit. Doctrine of demons, go from that pastor and that minister. Now, in the name of Jesus, I order you, come out of them. Come out of them. Now, pastor, I need you to push that thing out. I need you to exhale. I need you to exhale, pastor. Listen, you're not possessed, but we're helping you get delivered. And you got to participate. Push that thing out, 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 out. Go, go, go. And as that man of God and as that woman of God is ordering you to go, you find the hole that you crawled in. You unclean spirit, you lying spirit, you lying spirit, spirit of religion, go. Demon of religion, come out of them now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, demon on the mind, mind-binding demons now. Demon of fear, fear of man, fear of man in that pastor, fear of man. Go, go, go now in the name of Jesus. I sever the curse of corporate Jezebel that's holding you back. Corporate Jezebel from your denomination, from your church, from your board, from your staff that is holding you in bondage, in corporate bondage, corporate Jezebel over the congregation. I sever it by the authority of the courtroom of heaven. Release that man of God. Release that woman of God now 
in the name of Jesus. Demons of fear of the unknown, fear of the unknown, gone, go now in the name of Jesus. Fear of being false, fear of being false, fear of it not being the Holy Spirit. Go in the name of Jesus. You leave that man of God. You leave that woman of God who's a pastor. Go now in the name of Jesus. Fear of losing members. Fear of losing members for embracing deliverance. You demon of fear of losing members. Come out of them now in the name of Jesus. Fear of losing money. Fear of losing finances for the church. Go. Go now. Now in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. You leave that man of God. Now man of God, I want you to start receiving. Start receiving. God is going to shift your church. God is going to shift your ministry. God is going to shift you. And God is going to strengthen you in this season right now. As a matter of fact, I come against the spirit of blindness over your eyes as you as you read the word. Revelation blindness. Come off of him now. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. Go. Go in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. If you don't mind, I'm going to keep going. Now, for those of you that are watching and maybe you're not a pastor, spirit of witchcraft, I order you to come out of them. Spirit of the occult, come out of them now in the name of Jesus. If you are a person of influence and you have a personal psychic, spirit of psychic and the occult, come out of them now. I break their hold over you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. You leave their eyes. You leave their ears, demon of the occult. Get out of the ears. Get out of their ears, demons. Out, go, 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 go. Come out of them in Jesus' mighty name. And I order every unclean spirit. I speak to the strong man that's lurking inside that person. I order you by the authority of Jesus' name, loose your hold. Use your hold now and let the captive go. We snatch your goods now. We snatch it by the authority of Jesus, of Jesus' mighty name. Go in the name of Jesus. I'm going to keep going because I hear the Holy Spirit confront, confront false Holy Spirit. I come up, I come against, this is for those of you that were part of different types of churches. And this is for some of you that are seekers and you've been like jumping from church to church. And now you're more confused than what you were before. Demon of false Holy Spirit. Come out of them now in the name of Jesus. Kundalini spirit. Go false Holy Spirit. Go false tongues. Go come out of them in the name of Jesus. False prophecy, false gifts. False impartation, leave, leave, leave. False prophetic words from people of unknown sources that told you some kind of fortune, demon of fortune telling. Go now in the name of Jesus and I sever every spirit of falsehood that is there that is still gripping you, that is causing you to kind of still have your eyes on that or maybe you've been exposed to that. Break off of them now in the name of Jesus and leave in Jesus' mighty name. So I'm telling you guys, God is moving. I feel it right now. Something's breaking. I want to pray one last thing over you guys. And that's those that are dealing with sickness. I know many of you are dealing with sickness and you come in the comments and you say the doctors don't know what it is. And so we're going to bind 
every demonic spirit of sickness, of infirmity. Right now, you are bound in Jesus' name. We bind the power of infirmity. We command you to leave in Jesus' name. You have no power. You have no place over their body, over every part of your physical body. We drive out every demonic spirit that comes that is causing sickness in the body. Spirits of cancer, spirits of diabetes, spirits of high blood pressure, whatever is there, spirit of COVID, this demonic power that's made you sick in your body, we come against it now in Jesus name we say your power is broken your legal right is broken that they are not your home that they will live and not die I break every word curse that has been spoken over you by a doctor by a nurse or by somebody of your family that says this is how you're gonna die or you only have three months or four months to live I break that power now in Jesus name and I say that you will live and not die I know many people in the chat right now saying they're having lung problems from COVID we break that now in Jesus name the the, the demonic power that's keeping you from having kids the spirit of barrenness we break it every curse on the womb we break it in Jesus name anything hindering you from having children we commanded to go get out in Jesus name get out in Jesus name you have no power you have no place in fertility and infirmity you must go in Jesus name your power is broken every spirit that came from trauma or even traumatic experiences in the hospital we break it now in Jesus name your power your stronghold is broken the Lord is against you in Jesus name and we speak the healing power of God to be released over you in the name of Jesus the healing power of God to be released right now Holy Spirit we pray that you would go in there and you would break the power of sickness you would break the power of infirmity sickness you have no place Luke 13 the girl didn't manifest at all Jesus broke the back of the spirit of infirmity and he loosed her from her infirmity and tonight we loose you from your infirmity yes. you may not even manifest like Luke 13 but we loose you tonight from your infirmity in Jesus yes. name and we say be free be delivered by the power of Almighty God father we just ask right now touch them from the top of their head even if it's not demonic we pray the healing power of God to be released over your body we say be healed now in your lungs in your digestive tract and your breathing and your uh, tasting smelling I say taste come back in Jesus name I had people messaging me They've not had their taste for six months from COVID. I say taste wow. come back in Jesus' name. Uh, yes. Smell come back in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, that ringing in your ears, we command it to go. It's demonic. We say go in Jesus' name. You have no mm -hmm. power and you have no, no place. Power. Loose them in the name of Jesus. We're not asking. We're not negotiating. We don't negotiate with terrorists. We rebuke you, Satan. You must leave in Jesus' name. Come up out of them in Jesus' name. Right now, come Ooh. on. There's deliverance. There's deliverance. My God. My God. Wow. My God, we are now crossing the second hour. I want you to pray. Before we close, Alexander, I want I want to just pray one last quick prayer, and then I'm going to have you share about your book. And I want to, I want to also talk about that here for just one minute. But I want you just to pray for those that are in the chat that say, I'm starting out in deliverance. I don't know. I know we don't need a special prayer to release you, but I just want to pray that this seed that God is planting in these people in the last six, seven months, we've been teaching deliverance, that the devil, the bird would not come and steal the word and that we would just go forth. Just one, we'll just pray one last prayer before we close, but that they would just go forth in deliverance that we're, we're, we're tonight enlisting you tonight. We are mandating you tonight. So let's just, maybe that'll be the last thing that we do. And then we'll just, we'll close out here. What you guys, uh, what you need is an apostolic decree. Now, physically, 
we're not there to lay hands on you, but we're going to do this symbolically today. And for those of you that are called to the ministry of deliverance by the authority of the courtroom of heaven, and in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I apostolically, we apostolically and prophetically, by the authority granted to both of us here as men of God, we are doing a Peter and John moment right now, like Acts chapter 19 to the Ephesian believers. We spiritually, Heavenly Father, and we're asking that you would honor this prayer. We decree that those of you that are called to the ministry of deliverance, Lord, that you would lay your hand on them. And Father, and seal them in this call and this decision to set the captives free. Father, shield them from religion. Shield them from ignorance and fear. Shield them from misunderstanding and persecution, Father. Father, we're praying that, Lord, that you would launch them and we decree that they would be accelerated in the ministry of deliverance. Father, I decree that there would be an angel assigned to each person that is called to the ministry of deliverance that has responded to this call. Let this angel be assigned to them for deliverance to show them and to guide them in the path that they need to go uh, to, to connect them with other deliverance ministers or for them to learn until they mature in this deliverance thing. Father, shield them with grace. To make the mistakes, Lord. Oh, man, that's good right there. Father, shield them that when they make the mistakes in trying to help people get delivered, Lord, that they will not be overcome with shame and overcome with guilt and overcome with embarrassment. I bind the spirit of embarrassment and the spirit of fear of launching out into the deep. I decree that you would be launched. I decree that you would accelerate. I decree that you will walk. You will run with this revelation of deliverance and you will run through a troop and leap over walls as you help deliver and set the captives free. And may you bounce over every barrier and every every hex and every curse that will be and every arrow that will be sent your way by witches and warlocks as you endeavor to set the captives free I decree that every arrow flown in your direction will die in mid-flight. I decree that every wall and barrier that will be erected and trying to stop you by a, a local COVID in your city, I decree that you will have a, a breakthrough anointing and a battering ram to batter your way through that, that wall and demolish it in by the kingdom in Jesus' mighty name. And may your heart continue to remain humble, to remain pliable, to remain teachable, and to remain always dependent on the Holy Spirit, and may you never charge for deliverance. May as freely as you receive, may you so freely give in setting the captives free, and God will take care of every bill, and may God supernaturally provide for you, pastor, let them go, Pastor. If they go, they go. They'll be back. They'll be back. They'll be back. As a matter of fact, I decree that God would open an open a great door of utterance and may a stampede of new members. As a matter of fact, may your church, Pastor, be the go-to church for deliverance in your city and in your region. In Jesus, in Jesus' mighty name. Also, I hear the word of the Lord saying, for some of you called to deliverance. I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to say this as a word of the Lord. 
Some of you need to start an online ministry. There's not enough of us online. Man, that's good. That's good. Some of you have been saying, man, I want to be like Isaiah. I want to be like Pagani. And God says, why can't you? I'm the deliverer here. And God is saying, I'm going to train some of you in such an accelerated rate that you're going to launch a deliverance ministry online. And you're going to be praying for people. And God is going to begin to use you in the internet to set the captives free. So get your YouTube ready, get your Facebook ready, get your Instagram live ready because God is saying enough is enough. We're just watching people uh, do deliverance. God is saying I'm giving you the grace to be able to understand the mechanics of online ministry and God is saying that there is a 7,000 remnant within the remnant that God is raising up to also go out because it's not about Isaiah or Pagani. Come on. It's about the kingdom. And we release you in God's time this year. Prepare yourself. Get trained and all of that. But there's somebody watching. You've been waiting for confirmation to start online. God says, don't get caught up with how everyone else teaches. Your online ministry is for deliverance. Deliverance, deliverance, deliverance. I release you and take this as a confirmation. And I look forward. We look forward, me and Isaiah, to watching your live feeds as well and encouraging you in your... Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Revival Lifestyle Podcast. If you like what you heard, go to www.isaiahsaldivar.com for more content. And please follow me on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at Isaiah Saldivar. See you next week.